the lumber town of Otari, with its storied past and a fair share of sinister secrets, has been fairly quiet in recent decades. Over the 400 years since its inception, the surrounding area has been the launching pad for many famous adventurers, and as a result, most of the ancient ruins have been fully explored, much of their mysteries already solved. But when the mysterious gauntlet, an eerie landlocked lighthouse, begins to glow with a baleful light, the people of Otari suspect it's an ominous prelude to sinister events. The call goes out for a new band of heroes to save the day. Those heroes are... Mukta. One's path in life may shift like the sands. You have to adapt or be buried. Halarmony Higgins. Can I play something for you? New Lara. Hey, I know that it's scary, but you have to get up. Okay? Take my hand. Ugh. Very good. Let's go. Clovis. Nature is not to be put in order. Nature is order. It is for us to put ourselves in unison with this order. The time has come to enter the Abomination Vaults, Ruins of Gauntlet. And the camera kind of pushes down in through the window of the crook's nook on the second story into a bedroom where we see sitting around lounging is uh, Yinyas Mara and Nulara. The camera pushes in close and like very like steadily into Nulara's face. And Nulara, what would what would be seen on your face at this time? Like what sort of expression? Well, right now I feel stupid because I'm wearing a robe but um I offer Yin the glass of wine that I brought up um mm -hmm. and then I ask uh I'm sorry did I wake you she uh smiles as she kind of sits up in bed a bit and shakes her head and she says no I was wondering what was taking you so long hmm yeah um no I I had to stay for a conversation with my companions. Actually, I have a question, if you don't mind. One eyebrow on her left side goes up a bit. Hmm. Yeah. When you sent your people down the swamp, were you aware that there was a Drake there? You can feel her like sizing you up a bit, right? And she says, this wasn't a sanctioned operation make sense my employees are not adventurers or brave souls like you and your lot this was them acting on their own initiative oh i see because if you said yes to that question i wanted to ask if you knew other things if there were other things underneath that swamp she sits up in a little bit in bed and like pats her hand for you to come like sit near her as she kind of straightens up and, and, you know, is trying not to spill the, the wine that you've offered her. I would, um, but you're really pretty and tempting, so I would rather just sit here by the door. <laughs> Makes sense. I, I'm sorry, like, I have a lot of knowledge of the inner workings of this town, and I have ways of helping. 
that place is not useful in my line of business. Oh, you're really pretty. I really just wanted to ask because we might go back down there. And if we were, I wanted at least some information so that my group and I are prepared. Thank you for letting us stay at your... Um... She uh, she kind of puts on a little bit of a pouty face and she's like, you sure? I can't tempt you. Oh, you, you already are, but I like earning my keep. So... Thank you for giving me the time of night, Ian. And um, I'll see you again. And then okay. I walk out. Yeah. So I think at this point, like you kind of like, you're, you're not there very long. You step in and then you walk out with like a little bit of a, a stress look on your face. And I think it's probably good at that point you come out and you're like staring face to face with Mukta, who watched you go in not long before. Put a finger up my lip while I w- look at Mukta. I don't know who's looking at me. I don't see anybody here. <clears throat> and I continue on my way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so then we fade from that scene and like you see the lights like kind of go, the lights come up and then it's morning time. And um, yeah, I mean, we basically have a day of downtime because we, we collectively agreed that what you guys are going to do is just take some downtime from now until the party. Um, and kind of collect yourself and get ready to go back to the lighthouse. Did you guys all come up with what you wanted to do for your downtime? Yeah, so, so you know, the next morning, you kind of see uh, the town as you guys wake up, like, fairly, you guys are pretty late, so you wake up fairly late in the afternoon, like, slightly before noon, probably. And uh, you can see, like, as you wake up, all of your fresh clothes have been hand-delivered from the uh, the sort of bathhouse so you all have a bundle of like fresh wrapped dried clothing waiting for you like on your door porch just inside your door and uh clothes look so good (laughs) i don't remember it looking this clean ever i feel so good i know wow so this is what detergent smells like Yeah, this is what clean clothes smell like. It smells so good. Uh huh. We don't smell like earth anymore. Also, it probably changed color a bit. Like, who knew clothes were green? <laughs> what is this green? Went from brown to green. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, as you guys kind of get up and like start seeing around town, like you basically see like the town is kind of like alive, trades happening. And you see like posters and signs put up everywhere that are all announcing that like Osef Menhems is running for re-election and he needs your vote. What would you guys like to do with your first day of downtime? Are there any other, are there other posters of, you know, like someone going against him or it's just his face? So you, you take a minute to like look around. It's only him. There, he looks to be running unopposed. Mm, this looks like a fun election. Usually you have to have two people when to have an election, I think. I know, that's what I remember as well. So maybe they just don't want to run against him. You guys have plans for today. If it is uh, not too much, I want to go by the market and see if I can procure a... Uh... Virtuoso loot to replace this one, although it is quite nice. I want to be, a, be at my best for the party. Yep. I'm gonna go visit a. Uh, I saw some druids out by the pond. 
I'd like to go, I'm gonna go visit it and talk to them and also I'd like to get some armor made out of that Drake skin that I have. Oh yeah. I'm not sure where in town I could get that done. Oh, we could always ask around. We'll we'll be going to the market anyway. I think the druids themselves are probably a decent place to get sort of leather type armors created. It's probably not the only place, but it's definitely a choice for you. So do you want to start with that? Or so, so I don't know if you guys want to do like, I can just ask you guys one by one how we're spending the downtime and we can do some rolls and see what happens. Or I know that you guys have a bunch of party funds to like figure out how you're spending too, right? Have you guys figured that out? Not yet, but um, I was going to say, you know, how I could come with you guys. I can come with you guys at the market and then, I mean, I don't have to go back to the the mausoleum until maybe later this afternoon. Sure, that would be great. Not much of an appetite, huh? Hmm? (laughs) Not much of an appetite, huh? (laughs) No. You you don't want to practice during the day? You want to practice at the night? Punching the ghosts? Uh, Oh, punching the ghosts. Hey, you know, we've had a lot of luck with ghosts coming out at night. I'm also, not I don't sure. Think... I... I'm sorry, what? I'm not sure I would call it luck when I look at Mukta. Is it luck, Mukta? Or is it not uh, something else? What would you call it in the desert? Uh, my mother said there's no such thing as luck. Only oh. skill... And a slight odd chance every now and then. Well, I was I was going to propose to you guys that maybe after today we can go to the mausoleum because I've, I've, I have a couple of notes um, in regards to, you know, like the things that we found. There's the, the black gemstone that maybe we could bring to the wizard. I forgot where... I forgot who has the doll. But, um... I'm not sure if, you know, like, maybe we could power that doll in the safety of the wizard's store if he allows us. He owes us anyway. I mean, he looked into my memories. Uh, that would be good. I think that would be good. Don't you have the little doll, uh, Nulara? Like the little goblin doll ah, with the big teeth. Ugh. I did not grab that creepy thing, that's for sure. <laughs> There's like a shot. It's just sitting back on, like face down on the shelf. It was just shoved back in the corner. No one wanted it. <laughs> Little Chucky doll. I think that would be a good idea, Nulara. We go in uh, his in his uh, super protected area. You you plug it in while I wait out outside, and then we you see what happens and tell me later. Okay, I think Mukta would be interested in in it too because. My memory's really good at the moment, but uh, he had journals in a language that only Mukta understood. So I don't know if if that's because you know, like it's it's a language shared by your home town. So maybe it might affect you as well, Mukta. I don't know. By Volok. Didn't we pick up some books from down there? You no, know I know there was specifically the one journal that you have. Hal. Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe yes. Hal speaks that language as well. Aklo? Nope. I don't think the journal was Aklo. Yeah, I think the journal is an undercommon. Yes. Scientific yeah. journal. Do I spelled scientific wrong? 
I was like mixing it with sacrifice and scientific scientifice. Did you know what I mean? So yeah, so you guys like make your way over to Morley Ben's odds and end, right? Or what's it called? Odd stories. Stories. And you know, like you like last time you came, it was all like kind of locked up. Windows are all like drawn, and it it looks like you know fairly closed currently. At least it's not open to the public. Maybe we find your friend here, Mokta, the one you spoke with like last time. Hello, hello. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so so uh, you hear like from deep in like inside, like go away, we're closed. Uh, my friend Morley, it is us. Uh, oh, that's all you have to say, right? It's us, and instantly like the the like the curtains come back, and you see him, and you just see like a fairly like sweaty red-haired man that looks like his eyes are super like bloodshot and he, he makes eye contact with you and he like looks like shocked and then you see the curtains close and you hear like the clicking of the door unlocking as it opens and he like looks up and down the street behind you and he goes get in get in and then as you come in he like closes the door behind you and just click click lock like five locks on the door um he looks pretty like frazzled like maybe he hasn't slept in a while and, um, you know, he's patting his forehead with like a little handkerchief he has. And he's just like, I've been I've been obsessing over this memory you gave me, Nular. It's it's quite puzzling. Have you figured out more or a little bit? I mean, I, I still have a bit more research to do, but um, I'm pretty sure that whatever that creature was, the, the Scalothrax, I'm like 99 percent sure that was conjuration magic. Which means someone it, it didn't it didn't create it, it just transported it from somewhere else. Oh, there's possibly more of those things. He nods, he's like likely. I, I'm, I just I'm, I, I'm not I'm so too well versed to... in magic, but does that mean like there's a portal in the lighthouse somewhere? Well, I can't prove it yet, but if my theory is that the lighthouse is in and of itself the portal. Oh, that's inviting. Um <laughs> So he like he's like looking at you and he like he's he's very like his brain is definitely scattered but he's like oh I'm sorry you must have come for something important right like so what can I help you with oh uh, yes so while we were at the lighthouse we found this creepy doll and then this creepy doll led us into fighting this creepy bird doll and after defeating the creepy bird doll we found that the creepy bird doll was powered by a black gem on its back. We also found this, and then I pull out. I'm just gonna say I have it, and then yeah, I pull out the uh, the goblin doll. Uh huh. And then I push it to his face. Yeah. So he uh, like he 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 takes he, like he he's kind of like pushes back a little bit, but he like takes the doll and, and begins to like inspect it and turn it over and stuff as you're talking. Yeah. If you if you look at it, uh, there's a vacant space on its back that we think might uh fit the black gem uh, but since you know we're not as studied in terms of the arcana we didn't really delve into it much so we were hoping if we could in the safety of your shop test it out here and find out more information uh this kind of like um makes them a little like scared because he like glances around at like all the books and tomes and scrolls and all the like paperwork he has out and he goes maybe I should invite you into my te 
resting space. Come, come. And uh, it kind of pulls you back. And there's like a second, there's like a staircase in the back that goes up to the second story. And um, as he leads you in there and opens, you can see a kind of like a much more cleared out room uh, without as much of the flammable and important objects to him that he, he calls you in, you know, and there's some like arcane runes around. He, he lets you know this is his workshop for testing the unknown. Uh, and he says this would be a much safer place for such a thing. And you're, you're, you did right for coming to me. I make um, a show of like wrapping my hand around the hilt of my sword just so that he would feel extra safer. Uh, so he, he gives it a look. I'm going to make him make a check here. I guess he just has wizard stat block. And I'm just going to roll a d20 and then if it's super high or super low, you know, we'll, we'll see. Oh, man. Okay, so so with a three and his arcana bonus, he knows, like, he has an edit. So he says, I don't know too much about this. This isn't my area of expertise or anything. But if I was a betting man, I would say this is what those in, you know, necromancy refer to as a soul-bound doll. And, you know, he, he does reference the little, like, slot on the back. And, you know, you guys mentioned having the gem. He says, generally... I don't know how they're created or what, but generally a creature's soul is bound into an object of some sort and then used to power otherwise inanimate objects. And he like shakes the the little goblin doll that like his head, the head like lolls over like all terribly as it, as it like shakes there with like one of the, the eyes that are like sewn on is like half hanging by a thread. And he says, so my guess is if you were to reunite that gem with this object, if that does contain a soul, it should come alive. Let me know if this is stupid. And then I look at the rest of the group. What if whichever soul is bound on there, the, the goblin, because wasn't the goblin in like a, like a fishbowl type of thing? Do you think that goblin, being that whoever made him used him, would know more about his creator and give us more information about the lighthouse? It could not hurt. I don't see why that wouldn't be logical. Or it could be a uh, murderer and it's going to inhabit this goblin with his big teeth and it's going to bite your face. The good thing to know about this doll is it does look slightly incomplete. So I'll share I'll share the artwork again since you guys might have seen it in a while. It doesn't look like it has functioning arms or legs. Because, like, where the arms and legs would be, it's just, like, little nubs that have been left unfinished. It doesn't have fingers. It doesn't have fingers <laughs> or claws. It does have, like, a mouth, sort of, but it doesn't look like it has an easy way to move around, at least. So, as compared to Mr. Know. Beak, Mr. Beak was fairly mobile and very dangerous. This, at a cursory glance, no promises, and with his, like, arcana check, you're not sure, but it looks relatively harmless. Not harmless, but... <laughs> Looks like a flesh wound to me. <laughs> yeah. Can we tie the goblin around a pole somewhere? You absolutely could. I mean, the problem here is he has like this workshop with a table kind of built out of metal, like right in the middle. Um, he, there's not a lot to tie it to, although since the On table has legs, like this metal like... beam coming up, you could tie him under the table to the yeah. leg of the table. Yeah. Okay. Would you be yep. fine with this, Morley? He's, he says... I, I'm interested to see you work. 
I will protect you with my life. So you're going to tie the, the doll to the, the pole. So you take some time to wrap it around and, and secure it to the table. And okay. And then what? You're going to insert the gem into the back? Yeah. I'm going to ask everyone to step back since this is my idea anyway. I don't want anyone else to get hurt. <laughs> do you guys all do as she said and step back a bit? The room's only about like 10 foot in diameter anyway, so it's not a huge room, but you can step back a little bit. I will go as far away from the doll as he can be. <laughs> out, out the door. Okay, so Nulara, you, you get this doll secured, and then you get this like black sort of gem that's a few inches in, in thickness, the one you pried out of Mr. B, and you, you kind of like pull the doll away because you've tied it, but you have to like still wedge that gem in there. So you're kind of like right up face to face with the doll for a second while you're putting it in. And like you're like kind of wincing a little bit, and just like that, the the gem like slips in and snaps. And as it does, you kind of see the doll that was like before, like completely like limp and like hanging over. It's like head like straightens up a bit, and you like immediately instinctively back off. And there's no arms and legs, so it can't really move anything except for its neck and its head. And it's just like starts looking around, and all you you hear is this loud sobbing crying noise coming from the doll as it's it's speaking in goblin does anyone speak goblin i don't uh know what he's saying Mokta. but you can definitely understand the cries like as in it, pain it, is he in pain like a pained cry uh make a make a perception check to see if you can understand this 15 15 15 is reasonable um it definitely feels less of like a pain type cry. It's it, it kind of reminds you almost of like the kind of cries you'd hear coming off like a human baby or something. Oh, wow. What? And it's crying and it's like muttering to itself in Goblin, which nobody speaks. Um, and then it, it starts like just crying louder and louder and you can see its head like kind of thrashing a bit and like fighting against like the ropes. Morley, you're uh, a smart old man with wisdom. Do you know what he's saying? He says, oh, wait, I I, I, I think I had something for this. Hang on. And he, like, runs, like, out the door to go get something. And so as, as he's gone for, like, a minute, the doll is, like, working itself up into a frenzy. And, like, it, the cries have kind of turned into, like, angry goblin noises as it, oh. like, stares at you with its eyes and struggles against its ropes. But it, it can't really move, so it's not getting anywhere with its struggle. I'm so sorry I say and then I cover its mouth. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. In common? Yeah, and then my face just shows how sorry I am. Uh, so as you so you speak common and you say this to him and you're looking at him and, and like as you speak common, he looks at you and his language changes from like goblin and he starts speaking common as well. And he's just like, Master, Master betrayed me. Where is the master? You could have talked just, in common in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And just muttering incoherently over and over about the master betraying him. Where's the master? And are you my master? And where's the master? And is the master here? I want to see the master. Like on and on and just like a hang on like a second. Who's your master? He says, uh, Volk. Did you know what he made you for? Make a diplomacy check for me, because you're trying to like talk to him and soothe him. And like how you're in the hallway, right? And Morley Bent like runs out, and you hear him downstairs like pushing through squirrels and desks. It's like it's here somewhere. Where is it? And he's like looking for something. Diplomacy. Well, that's yeah. like, Dip- zero to diplomacy. Diplomacy for. Uh... All right. 
right, 15. So the 15, you're, you're like speaking to it, you're getting down, you're trying to like calm it into like answering you, and it just doesn't respond to your attempts to to soothe it. And it just keeps working itself up into a frenzy and it's not answering your questions at all. Wait, 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 hang on a second. I feel that we came off at the... This all came out wrong. I may have answers to your questions, but it's hard for me to answer them if I don't hear you properly. It's hard to hear someone when they're yelling. Yeah, and he can barely hear you because he's yelling, he's talking, he's like talking about master he's like i'll piss your face off like he's just throwing a curses at you and everything it's, it's just I pull out the it looks gem. like your words are bouncing off of him you're not able to break through i pull out the gem from the from his back okay yeah you you pull out the gem from his back and then instantly it just powers right back down this i'm not cut out for this <laughs> and then morley bent like comes in he's like i got it i got it right here comprehend languages yeah and no he, he can speak you. common We should start with that next time. Well, I mean, he was just yelling and my maternalness just kicked mm-hmm. in. Is, um, are any of my friends outside? Are they still hiding? They're within earshot. Uh, how about uh, anyone? Is it, uh, is it okay? Did you, did you punch it too or did you kill it? No, it was crying like a baby and as much as I wanted to punch it, I couldn't. I don't know. I heard a lot of crying, and then it stopped crying. I it pulled like the it. no. I pulled the gem out, and then I lift. I lift the gem out. This child kept yelling out for its master and, and saying how it betrayed him. Um, I guess my womanly charm doesn't work on it, and you guys have always been more diplomatic than than I have, so maybe... Okay. Stay less. Yeah? Okay. Pl- plug him in, and I will talk to him. Okay. Do you wait, think wait, I should take off the... Oh, oh, okay. Wait, wait. Well, well, okay. I step out of the room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> take off the what? The ropes? Nope. No, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. I don't right, think I'll be so. right behind it. Yeah, I'll be right behind it. Right. Okay. Okay. So I put the like gem weep. back in. Yeah. <laughs> you go back in, you... Again, you pop the gem in, and this time it comes back to life. And right where it left off, it's just worked up into a frenzy. It's switching between like goblin and common and undercommon, and it's just spitting like all these like fairly incoherent things all about like master and I'll bite your face off. And it speaks you know. common. How? Will, yeah. So how? I will speak undercommon to it and start singing it a little goblin tune um, that uh, I learned back in the back in the school in the Obel. Um, you know, maybe he can relate, come from the land down under, and I start playing the song for him to get him okay. to settle down. Yep. So you can do a make an impression, and I think you can do performance for that, right? Yes. Yeah. So let's do it. Because this boom, is a make a, a make an impression check, which is the same thing that you were doing with the diplomacy in your little... 24. Oh, 24. Ooh, nice. nice. So that is a success. So so as you go into this song, this, this undercommon goblin kind of like soothing song, it, it, it doesn't work at first, but as you continue like doing it over like the course of a minute or so, it, it does like soothe him to calming down. And he goes from being like super like intense and angry and he just goes like quiet and he's just staring at you like listening to your song. Okay, so I'm going to stop playing a minute. I'm going to ask you some questions. Who is Valak? 
Uh, I think that's what you said. Um, and uh, maybe you can tell us about uh, what you were doing in the, in the area, the last, you know, the last thoughts you had before, you know, just tell me about yourself. Yeah, the master chamber. Yeah, so so he like he's like sniffling a bit, and so he he does tell you like, well, my my master was Volok. He's a powerful mastermind, drow, occultist, artist, craftsman. You know, he he did it all. And uh, he had he had a relationship with a book lady down below, and uh, he worked for Mistress Belcora. Who is he? Book very lady? frightening, and none of, none of my business. Uh, who is this book lady? Is it not the same Belcora? No, no, no. She she ran the the library down below that would get him. They they would exchange books and he would do translations for her occasionally. Hmm. When, so. when you say down below, um, you mean down below in the same area, right? Oh, hi, Mukta. <laughs> yeah, Mukta's like talking from the doorway, right? <laughs> I can still hear you. Calm down. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he goes, yeah, yeah, down, like, down, uh, like, down the staircase, like, uh, he kind of, he looks around for the first time and realizes he has no idea where he is, and then he looks at you guys, he's like, I, I tried to kill you, didn't I? I'm sorry, I... Kill, uh, who you tried to kill? I'm not sure, I only recently here. I play good music, you would remember me, for sure, if you had met me before. Yeah, he, he, he's like, I, I remember trying to eat that one i can't point but he's looking right at mukta and he's like i tried to i think i did almost kill you didn't i oh the I bird doll. my head back and uh wait a minute bird doll he looks down like his eyes like look down a little bit and he realizes he's not in that form he's like wait what is this what form am i in but yeah oh. it does seem like he's at least he was the same soul that was in mr beak I pull out my shield and polish it a little bit just to show him a reflection of him. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. This is what and you look like. So he he, he kind of like sobs a little bit and he tells you oh, that his no. master, you know, master, master betrayed me. He promised me, he promised me that I would have a body that I could live in if I just, just submitted to his experiments and I could live forever by his side. He never finished my body. Instead, he put me into that other form. And Can I look kind of... around the corners to see if someone's watching me? <laughs> yeah, so you, you, you're looking in the corner. You instinctively, like, look into the corners. You don't Like, after see anything... hearing what he said. Mm -hmm. You don't see anything outright, but there is a very familiar presence that you're used to feeling in the corner of the room. You feel like there's something here with you that's not perceptible but you can feel it if that makes sense so um now that he's like realized like what happened he says like he shakes his head he says yeah uh i don't know where we are but you were asking about down below master had a, a door in his workshop but he hid it very secretly uh there's a toolbox you have to pull a tool at the bottom and it opens a door that leads down to where book lady lives in his uh, workshop, you mean the place uh, where you uh, jumped, well, if you're the same bird doll, after my rat friend here, you flew after him? Is that the same uh, workshop or is that uh, oh. uh, someplace else? No, no, that, that was the lens factory. That's where Master made his lenses. No, no, no. 
down down below. So how much have you walked around this lighthouse place down below? Do you know your way around? Like, if we, uh, and I look at Nolara, if we uh, put you on top of her backpack and you could sit on her shoulder or look over her shoulder and then you could say, yeah, go here, go there, maybe? He, he says, well, I, I know, I know Master's workshop pretty well and his, my bedroom. And I've been yeah. down to the library a few times. I could probably help you out. It seems oh. like he's definitely possible to. You know, he 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 sobs when he goes like, but please, just free me. Like, free you? Like, free you? Like, unplug you? Uh, like, what do, what, do, what do you mean free you? Like, make some arms and legs and let you go? Swim in the, the uh, river? I, I'm not sure what you mean. Yeah, he, 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 like, sobs and he goes like, my, my soul, master said he would make it live forever, but I don't want to live forever like this. Okay, so how do we do it? Does uh, my friend here break, break this, whatever it is, your battery? He has no idea. I'll look at, at the least, wizard. You know. How do yeah. we do this? You're the magic one. How do we, like, do that? I mean, of course, if it's okay with the group, I want to live forever, but only in name for my music. I'd love to help set your soul free. No one's supposed to live the way you are. Yeah, and and he, what he says is, is like he he basically says like I prom like I'll help you in any you know any information I I can like I have secret treasure in my bedroom. I don't know if anyone found it. You can you can have it. Is your bedroom the smaller one? He nods. He's like, yeah, it's right next to the pickle barrel. You can't miss it. Um, yeah. Uh, I think we've been by that place once or twice. I don't remember. We did not find nothing. And I'll look at Mukta and give him <laughs> a side eye. Um, okay. So if we want to let you go, how do we let you go? Do we just untie you or, uh, Morley? Morley? You Yeah, guy. Morley is like... He, he's stroking his beard a little, like his chin, while he watches this unfold, and he goes, "Well, if the soul is bound to the gem, then simply destroying the gem should free the soul, allow it to pass into the afterlife." But and, and then he, and he's like, "But there could be more useful information. Like this, this is an opportunity. Are we sure we've gotten everything we need out of him?" I don't know. I don't want to hold this man's soul hostage. What else can we ask? You got uh, five questions. Go ahead. <laughs> I like the idea of the backpack. He can show us around and then we could let him go. Far far oh sorry. How um far down could you lead us? Uh, do you have a name, friend? A uh, Borbo. Thank you for asking. Borbo. Borbo. Master it's never nice cared about my name. You should never forget your name. The minute you do, that's when things go to shit. Or bow. Like, oh he's, yeah, maybe, how far maybe, down yeah, could yeah. you lead us? Uh, I've only uh, been as far down as the library, which is one level down. Would you know and anything about the gauntlet? Master, master tended to the gauntlet for Mistress Belcora. Uh, what was it? Uh, she she needed him to make something for her. Lenses. Lenses. Okay. Yeah, very important. Master was toiling over that for what seemed like months. Perfect was 
never enough. He's always trying to improve it. When the last time we went there, and then I kind of like um, usher Mokta and Clovis in because they weren't with us when we saw like the gauntlet when we were right next to it. Um, I go very reluctantly. <laughs> <laughs> He's okay. Um, I'm actually, I'm gonna look at. Oh, no, 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 never mind. Um, yeah, the first time we went up to the gauntlet, we saw a like a shadow of something that was inside the the light like a silhouette he kind of like looks like he's like racking his brain and he's like no i i don't know anything about that did your master mention anything about keeping something in there or powering it with with powering the lenses with something or anything master was distraught that's where belcora died she was struck down by some people and me and master hid in his workshop and when we came out he found her lying there at the base of the lighthouse with some ooh the haunt some fresh like lying in the blood and he never he never forgave himself for that like he went back to the workshop and destroyed everything in a fit of anger then he doubled down in his research he said he needed to make it right I'm one, one result of that research, but he would, he was making all kinds of creatures down there. He had, he had a table where he would drill into things heads and transfer souls between bodies. We know what that table, we saw that. And, and after he promised me immortality, he put me into that Mr. B body and put me in the workshop and said to wait he'll be back so i waited and waited and waited i don't i don't know a long time good thing we came along it's the next day or i don't know it was the next day <laughs> and picked you up well she picked you up uh my friend here but uh what else anything else you can tell us um, Given the state of like the room that you caught, like you saw, and, and like some of the dates that you know, all this happened, he's probably been sitting there waiting for his master to return for like in the neighborhood century. of 400 plus years. Yeah, 400 Centuries. plus years. Holy boy. Uh, uh, boy make, any, make, make anybody angry, huh? Yeah. Would you mind waiting a little bit longer? Um, uh, we would love to set your soul free, but we need your guidance in when it comes to traversing the rest of the. At least down, up until the library. There's like a little bit of like hesitation in his voice, and he says, "Well, how do I know I can trust you? What will you do for Borbo?" I sit right in front of him, and then mm-hmm. I show him like a pendant that I've been wearing. Like I pull it out of my armor, mm-hmm. and then like um, there's like a sigil of Pharasma on it. Uh huh. I am bound by my maker to set souls free when they're not meant to be on the material plane anymore. You are not meant to be here, my friend. You are meant to cross the river of souls for your soul to be judged by my lady. It is my purpose uh, to make sure that that happens. So interestingly, as, as this is happening in Nulara, you're sitting down right in front of the Borbo, the doll, right? the doll of Borbo, and like saying this, uh, Clovis, for the first time, you're sitting here watching this, and out of the corner of your eye, you swear you saw something moving in the shadows. 
and you turn to like look at the source of what you saw and it's gone but for just a brief moment you thought you saw you saw something in the room and as you're speaking to Laura you feel an emptiness in your heart is being filled as you say these words to Borbo and so Borbo he doesn't have much choice right like he's at your guys's mercy but he's uh he's willing to help out however he can your guidance would it. help us lead so many more souls back to where they should be. So, so where are what? I guess he's trying to ask the director, like, what? What is your purpose? What is your goal down there? Like, what do you need me for? Well, a guide. There could be traps. If Volok was as paranoid as you mentioned him to be, then, from what I learned about paranoid people they do whatever they can to keep everyone else away from what they're keeping so if you're aware of any traps or it's a good thing you're bringing uh borbo along because uh, there's one thing i know the morlocks down there oh man they love a good trap more than anything and the library is run by a bunch of uh morlocks are you sure they're not kobolds <laughs> he's like uh pretty sure I know the difference between a kobold and a morlock. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> and then Hal, everyone looks at Hal. But the other thing that's weird is like the way he's talking, right? When he says the morlocks are like down below, you guys know the morlocks are like on the same level that he was found on. But as he tells you they were down below, he seems to think the morlocks live down there. Live like down, like inside the library? Like he, he, he says there are some morlocks that live down there. There's definitely some, like, we definitely need to watch your step when you're in a Morlocks lair. Is this no? These Morlocks, they sound dangerous. I'm good. I'm glad we did not see them. Yeah, that's true. You don't know that you even saw the same one. Uh, Morlocks and kobolds. This is turning out to be quite the uh, predicament. Yeah. And, like, like Borbo just kind of reiterates, like, He's, he's really upset at his master Volok for what he's done for him and betray him. So, like, he, he lets you know, like, if there's anything I can do to help make sure that you get payback or right whatever wrongs he did, let me know and I'll... Unfortunately, he doesn't know what happened to Volok because Volok told him to stay in the in the lens room and guard it and then just disappeared. Does your master have a weakness? Oh, yes, he does, actually. Uh, it, it, there's one thing he's as cruel or he's as vain as he is cruel and he's very very cruel if uh if you somehow were to present an image of him and uh threaten to destroy it or harm it in some way it would probably unbalance him mentally it might provide a bit of an opening there's only one painting I know of with him in it, but I, I can show you where it is. It was right. It was in the hall right outside of where, where we met first. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> really? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. He, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll show you. Let's go right now. Don't think we need to go all the way there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you recall, there was four, there was four paintings in that hall, right? Yeah. And you we'll guys see took, the third picture? We took three of them. So, yeah, you took three of them. The fourth one was empty. It was missing. That's right. So, the first the one was, like, the city of Absalom. 
with Ghost Rising, right? The second one was the Gauntlet Keep with the blue beam and the ghosts kind of coming out of it. The third one was missing when you guys got there, and it just had a plaque that said the artist at work. All right. Okay, yeah, that's all. And then the fourth one was Belcora, like the Lady of Light. So. The paint, the, the painting. He probably is you... took his own painting. Yeah. So we got to find the missing painting. I look at Mukta that... and Pal, knowing that they have some diplomacy in them. Right. But it is at least a lead on, like, that painting could be useful if you could find it, I guess. So, yeah, more, Borbo is ready to tag along and he is. Uh, are you guys. So, here's my question. Are you guys going to, like, power him down until you need him? Or are you just going to, like, tie him to your belt, like, you know, God of War on PlayStation and just have a head. Well, we do have a party and some errands that we have to check out. <laughs> so, uh, right. Uh, Borbo, yeah. I know yes. this has been promised to you before, but I can take your soul with me. I'll put it in my pocket. I'll pull you out of this doll uh, because we do have some things that we have to attend to at the moment and we can't go to the gauntlet yet. So... I have to ask you to wait again, but we will come back. You'll see us again. And after everything's done, I will ferry you to the River of Souls. I would very much appreciate that. Okay. It's nice to meet you. So now imagine that you're closing your eyes and then I'll pull out the jug. Uh, yeah, his, he's got the eyes that are right there. He can't actually force them closed, but he's like, okay, I'll imagine. And then you pop it out, and the dog goes limp again. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I was about to ask him if he wanted to go to a party, but... I don't think <laughs> they would react well to him. I, I mean, that's why I wanted to ask if he wanted to come to the party. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so Morley has been, like, quietly watching all of this kind of happen, you know? And, like, like just kind of, like, absorbing it all in. He's like, well, this is great. We've, we've learned more about the lighthouse, and apparently... This Volok was in charge of some lenses, but why would Belcora need lenses? I, I got so much more to learn. Put the lenses and make something see better out of it? Like the eye of a lighthouse? I don't know, perhaps? Oh. Right. But it already worked. We saw it. Oh, but maybe it works because... Oh. Very interesting. Would you let you us guys know were, when you find yeah, out? You, you guys were... Have you guys been up there to see the, the top of the lighthouse? Like, is it safe? <laughs> In the day, when the sun's out, you were able to uh, climb up all the way. My friend, um, you keep your business locked during the day for fear of what might happen. I think uh, the lighthouse is not safe, in your opinion. <laughs> Well, maybe maybe you could solve this mystery for me. Like, if if what Borbo said is true, this lighthouse needs lenses to function. If you guys just go up there, remove the lenses, it should disable the whole thing, right? Remove, break, punch, same thing, right? <laughs> well, no. I you have if you destroy them, all of their secrets and magic go with them. We need to recover them so we can see what they do. Right. And I just give a look to the rest of the group, like... <laughs> the last time we went there, Mushi almost died. Just because we walked into the base of the lighthouse. Well, to be quite fair, we've gone several places where Mushi almost died. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. 
Uh, so Morley, Morley is really excited. So he says, if, if you don't mind, I'm just going to return to my research. You guys, you guys know how to let yourselves out, right? I got uh, yeah. He's like, find I me those lenses. And then he like, it starts, you hear him like going back downstairs and rummaging through new books. He has to like research things on. Did we want to give him the journal or maybe not? I whispered to Hal. Oh, um, I don't, I, I, I look at this stuff. I have no use for it here. You give it to him. I'm not sure if you can make heads or tails from it. I'm not sure if we want to give it to him right now. <laughs> Maybe let's hold on to it for a bit. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So unless there's something, unless there's anything more very pressing, then we'll just kind of fast forward to you guys like leaving Morley Benson. This is only taking you. You guys only spent like an hour or so of this, mm-hmm. so we still have like downtime to spend, right, to do some of these things that you guys wanted to do. Like shopping. some things that can only be done in downtown. Like shopping's fine, but like I know like Clovis wanted to learn a new spell. Um, I know that there were. He was also talking about having. Well, that wasn't really downtime unless somebody's going to spend the time crafting the armor. But he was talking about having finding someone to craft the armor. So you're basically paying someone else to do the work for you guys. I know that we had like some uh, runes that you guys can add to weapons or transfer from weapon to weapon. Um, if somebody wanted to spend downtime doing that, or I don't really know what you guys had in mind for like the downtime activities outside of like the role play stuff. I wanted to do some busking once I get the new uh, loot. If we can right. do that, I can go around town and see what everybody thinks of how good it is. So we could probably do that. Like, have you guys figured out how you want to like split the funds? Like, you know, as far as like buying the instrument, like, you know what the gold cost is, right? Because it's available at the Otari market. Yeah. So it's yep. like, what, 50 gold? Mukta gave... 20, if I recall. Did you take out of your sheet there, Rich? Yes, I believe I put it into the trade character as well. Oh, okay. Did I not? I don't possibly. I think I, I, think I yes. saw, like, yeah, there's, you, there's just a, there. yeah, there's a 20 gold stack on the trade character that he contributed towards that. I can give you uh, four gold for your instrument, uh, Hal. I, it's, it costs way more than four. Well, um, I can begin with four. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. No, you, you, you hang on to it, Nulara. Um, as long as you promise to keep me alive. Uh, I think uh, I've got a good way. Uh, I think me and Mukta have a good understanding. And uh, whatever he does and whatever I do, I, I think we can cover it after that. As long as I can... Uh, if you don't mind, Mukta, I appreciate it. Um, of course, if you want to give me money, you know... I. I will be playing in town. You can come put it in. I don't have a hat. Maybe I need a hat too. Or a case. Maybe I need the case for the loot. And then I could just have the case open and you come drop your coins in there. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I think we should be okay. If that is okay with everybody. Uh, no? Okay with me. Yeah, of course. That's okay I mean, with me. The, okay. Your instrument um, helps us more. Absolutely. Uh, I, I do want to get some, uh, some armor made. I have no idea what it's going to cost. But I'm sure I can pay when I pick it up. I'll find out how much. Okay. So uh, to the market then? So let's just say, like, to, to expedite it a bit, like, with with the, the hide that you found from the Drake, right? Basically, like, what they tell you is if you wanted to sell it to the, the, the people that were willing to buy it off of you uh, for 40 gold. Because it, it is pretty valuable material, right? It's got ah. some fairly magical properties built into it. Um, but if you're interested in turning it into, like, you know, magical armor 
you'll have to, in addition to like using the high because you're providing the materials, which dramatically reduces the cost, it's going to cost 15 gold in um, crafting time of the person. And it's going to take uh, basically like four days. So if you, if you, you know, and, and they do say that they are willing to take the hide and start working on it. And then, you know, you can pay f the 15 gold when you pick it up. That's, that's fine with them. Cause you're like leaving it. Cause if you just don't ever come back, they're just going to sell it. Right. They'll sell it. So. You guys okay with that? Get some, get some gold later. I think that would pile. be great. Yeah. And we'll just say that for like at the, the, the Druids at the stone ring pond, there is some people there who are very, well-versed at this sort of like turning animal hides, especially like magical animal hides into protective armor. And they say basically what it'll do is it'll craft some leather armor for you. That'll give you some um, sort of built-in acid resistance. Very cool. So, yep. So you can go ahead and remove that hide from your character sheet in four days time. So it's, it's, you know, for rast or it's toil day, which is Tuesday. So on Saturday, your armor will, will be ready. Excellent. And so then you wanted to, like, you wanted to get the instrument before you did your income making. Yes. How is that correct? Yes. Okay. So do you have the do you have the fifty gold to cover it? Yes. Okay. Perfect. So you guys kind of like tag along with Hal at the market, and he. Uh, I will. Uh, I will quietly kind of drop off from the group when uh, we're in the market. Okay. So what are you going to slip? Oh, so, so let's do like how, right? Let's mm -hmm. go ahead and just focus on you. You're going to buy the instrument. Did you already spend the gold and buy it? No, not yet. Okay. So you can go ahead and do that. All right. We'll and then, market. and then you're going to go use your newfound virtuoso instrument to, um, and I will uh, remove the gold pieces from the trade character is the bottom one. 20 gone. Okay. Yeah. It, it decremented everything appropriately. Oh, there it is. Virtuoso performer, the strings, charisma, trained. Okay, let's do this. Oh, yes. Ooh, 20. Is a 20. So and it added all your bonuses correctly, right? Uh, yep. Plus four charisma, plus five trained, and plus one for virtuoso. Okay. Where, so success, you do competent work, you gain the amount listed. So you are, are you an expert or are you trained? I am trained. You are trained. So basically with that role during your day of busking and all the sweat, blood, sweat and tears you put into this, you earn a total of five silver pieces. Ooh. Excellent. <laughs> That's five more than zero. Yep. Now, as you as you do this, you're starting to realize why people go into adventuring more than busking on the street, right? Because. Yep. You're really doing it more for the exposure, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're getting paid exposure. It's it's you know. Oh no. You need it. You need to sign this as we'll play for food or play for money. Maybe get more money. Clovis, you talked about going to the Druids to get the armor made, and you also wanted to to learn. Uh, there's a spell that was an uncommon spell that you wanted to learn, correct? Correct. So um, as you show up to the Druids and you start inquiring about the spell, there is. There is a druid available at the sort of like conclave um, that is willing to potentially train you. Um, and his name is Mufurlo. And he is very oddly, maybe something you've not seen before. He is a pug type creature. 
He's like, he's what's known as a shuni, which is like a dog man. So he's got a full on like pug face and then like kind of like this weird half dog, half humanoid body. That is freaking awesome. And so he he's very curious because he, you know, he's a druid of Gozra and he wants to vet you before he'll be willing to teach you these the master of the elements. So what he wants you to do is to kind of like spend some time with him, have a conversation about nature. Basically, you need to make an impression on him and make him like you. So there's two ways for you to do this. You can either make a diplomacy check or you can make a nature check to connect on like your love of nature. So basically, you're either doing a make impression check or a recall knowledge uh, nature check. But either way, it's a, it's a if you have any bonuses to either make impression or recall knowledge, then that this would come into play. Oh, we'll do a nature check. All right, give me that recall knowledge nature check. The DC just, on this. So check. am I rolling a straight? When you say recall knowledge, am I just rolling nature, or is there a recall? No, it's still just a nature check. Yeah. Okay. All right, but I'm just recalling knowledge. Gotcha. The act, the the action you're doing is like recall knowledge, but it boils down to a nature roll. Gotcha. Just want to make sure I'm understanding correctly. Yep. All right. Unless you have some other specific lore that you'd want to boot go into, I don't know how much lore skills you have. But the DC on this is 15. You get a 19, which is enough for a success. So um, you guys spend like the better part of the afternoon together. And um, because he ends up liking you, he he said he says, you know, you haven't impressed him enough with a critical success. So he's not willing to teach you everything he knows, but he is willing to teach you the sudden bolt spell that you were interested in. Very nice. Thank you so much. So he kind of takes you out like a little bit outside of town towards a little empty and together he's going to impart his knowledge that he knows into you. So he's basically, you watch as he like kind of like summons like storm clouds that kind of appear in the middle of nowhere and like bolts of lightning just zip out of the sky and like char the ground and make like big explosions where it is. And it's loud. And even everyone back in town that's not near you guys can hear this like loud thunders crack, just like echo over like the kind of valley of the town, which is weird because there's no... There's no storm in the sky, but you guys are hearing crashes of thunder. And so he, he basically tells you, like, you know, I know that you are, like, more in the plant side of things, but you need to, like, tap into to your fury. You got to you gotta find the anger inside of you and channel that anger into the electricity. And so he's, he's teaching you his tips on how to do this. So the next thing you have to do um, is there's, there's an... There is a... Um, a check to see if you can actually learn what he's teaching you. So it's a second level spell he's teaching you. So it takes two hours of him working with you for every time you try this. So the uh, the action that we're doing is learn a spell. Okay. And so since you are a druid, you're going to make another nature check. So the DC is because it is an uncommon spell so it's a little harder than a normal spell I gotta check if it's 18 or 16 oh yeah that does it oh it doesn't matter you nail it that's a critical and you critically succeed so on a critical success you learn the spell in half the gold cost so the gold the, the material cost to learn the spell for a second level spell is 6 gold so it only costs you 3 gold to learn the spell nice considering I only have 4 in my pocket that worked out <laughs> good point yeah. So yeah. So for three gold, he he teaches you, and um, with a little bit of practice, you two are able to kind of focus your passion into a, a focus lightning bolt. And now you have access to the uncommon spell, 
Sudden Bolt. I think that's what it's called, Sudden Bolt. Sudden Bolt, yep. It's pretty cool. It's like a, a spell that deals 4, four d12 lightning damage to a target. Nothing to sneeze at. Okay, so we cut back now to Mukta. Mukta, you slipped away from the town, the marketplace, and to do your own thing. So what is Mukta doing? Yes, uh, Mukta is doing two things. Uh, first, spending a little bit of time um, around Menhem's Manor. Okay. Uh, just trying to scope the place out a little bit, maybe see if uh, the mayor is going about town, if he is maybe following around a little bit discreetly. Yeah. You, you, as you like see him, he's, he's making, he's not hidden, right? So you look around town. He's definitely on the campaign trail. So he's going around town. He's like saying hi to everyone. He's shaking their hands. He's, you know, kissing babies. He's, he's reminding everyone about how great they have it here and how he is going to like, you know, you know, vote for me. Like, absolutely. Like everything is, is great. You know, how, why would you vote for someone else? I mean, nobody else is even running. And then you hear one of them speak up like, oh, that's, it's not true. Actually, uh, Carmen is running again. And then there's like a, a moment where they both look at each other and they both burst out into laughing. And they're like, like I said, nobody else is running. And he like shakes their hand before moving on. So that's perfect. I'll trail him, trail behind him a little bit. I want to kind of maybe catch what people might be saying once he leaves. Yeah, so as as you as he steps by and talks to people, um, they're very like charismatic chatting with them. But when he leaves, you actually do hear there is a bit of sentiment of people like saying like, you know, it's, it's a little weird he didn't even address the lighthouse situation, right? And they're like, yeah, like did he think we just forgot about it? Like, how how can he say that we're safe if we're being attacked by undead in our own graveyard? And they're like, yeah, what's what's up with that? But then they're like, but like. They're like, what's our alternative? Like, I'm not voting for Carmen. And they're like, yeah, I guess you're right. And they kind of like leave it at that. It it sounds like they don't love him. Hmm. Not that they don't love him, but like they're a little on edge because of the whole lighthouse situation, one. And two, there just is no other candidate that looks even remotely like like interested or um, viable. Okay. After a bit of that, I'll make my way back to the crook's nook. Okay. So yeah, you slip into the crook's nook, um, and you see like uh, like the normal like crew. The bartender gives you like a little bit of like a knowing nod. There's some people in the back. There's like a dartboard set up, and they're having like a a dagger throwing kind of competition and betting for money in the back. Oh, in the bartender. Head up the bartender. Uh, where is she? She's in her room. Do you need her? Yeah, I mean, just need a little chat. I'll be, I'll, I'll head up there. Don't worry. Okay. And I'll head up to her room. Mm-hmm. And I'll knock. Yep. You you knock, and then you hear like a little bit of like shuffling of papers, and like some hushed voices. Like she's talking to someone, mm-hmm. and then she calls. Like you know, who is it? Uh, it's uh, Mukta from the adventuring group. <laughs> she's oh. Right, one one moment, and you hear like someone like picking up like kind of papers and stuff, and then the door like unlocks and opens, and you see some there's like a little like halfling guy that's like carrying like a sack of papers. You've seen him around, you probably don't know him like or anything, but you're cordial so with each other. One of the guild, then not an outsider. It's definitely one of the guild, yeah. Okay, I'll drop and, the act of being like the <laughs> right, and he, he gives you like a kind of like a, a knowing nod, yeah, exactly. 
and uh, he like kind of leaves and then she calls you into her like office uh, Meta I know I'm not uh, quite as good looking as uh, my friends Halamri and Nulara but uh... <laughs> they're so they're so nice to look at and they're so fun to play with yes one of the reasons why I'm here <laughs> They're good people, Mera. I hope you don't uh, intend to play too much with them. Mm, I haven't decided yet. You got a soft spot for these ones. Ah, people save your life a few times. It tends to happen, huh? I guess that's true. So what you're saying, uh, they're off limit? Are you giving me orders? I'm asking for a favor. In I did help get your people back safely, did I not? You did. She, she, she's like, you know, like takes a drink and she's like is sizing you up and she says, "Look, I've got no interest in crossing them. They, they're giving people hope. Whether or not it's false hope around here, I don't know. Is it false hope? Are you guys actually going to?" do something about this problem? Or is that just lip service from the mayor? Ah, most of the time, you, you know me, I would say that it's been lip service and uh, I don't put my trust in anybody, but uh, these ones, I think they might be the real deal. Interesting. Now, whether it, that doesn't mean it's just lip service from the mayor. The mayor might want to take credit, but uh, <laughs> we don't work for him. At least not yet. <laughs> she laughs. She's like, well, that's not the way he's been spinning it around town. Of course, there's an election coming up. Another reason why I'm here. Hmm. Oh, come Go on. Tell me you don't have any uh, skin in the game here. No, oh, of course. Me and Osef have, you know, an arrangement. He is content to look the other way while we do our business. So long as we don't ruffle the feathers of the locals. Hmm. We, we know the drill. So it, you would want to keep him in power then? I mean, I know I can control him. Good. Why? Can you... what, did, what did you have in mind? No, I just... I was about town and just heard a little whispers here and there of... People seem a little concerned with the uh, ill-going-ons and the happenings of the lighthouse. They seem discontent with uh, the mayor seeming to brush aside the threat so casually. I mean, we can't have a panic, can we? No, no. But uh, it could present an opportunity for someone who... Um, Maybe it's more closely um, associated with taking credit for solving the issue. Someone friendly, someone uh, you've already done business with. Mukta, are you telling me you want to run for mayor? Oh, <laughs> oh mayor of gods, no. I don't stay in one place long enough to be mayor. No, you no. My mother always said, leaders always have more headaches. Fair enough. 
But uh, I was thinking someone more attractive, uh, more charismatic. She she laughs and she starts getting the hint of what you're getting at. So what your your proposal is that Otari, who has since its founding been run exclusively by descendants of the Rose Guard, would be potentially interested in electing an outsider, somebody who, from what my understanding, comes from a big city to come into our small backwoods place and bring us into the new era. She laughs and laughs and laughs. Uh, when you put it that way, maybe, but when you skew it a little differently and uh, Otari's been run by descendants of heroes long disconnected from their glory, content on past legacies. But what about new heroes? Fresh legacies. She stops laughing as she kind of like takes in what you're saying, like she's actually considering it for like the first time, really. And she says, well, it is definitely an intriguing idea. Speaking of control, how much can you control, control Rajani? Well, he owes me 75 gold, so I'd say I have a short leash on him. Why? Well, it appears in our conversations with him and trying to find out more about him, mm. <laughs> he seems to have gotten himself riled up to try to once again uh, take what he claims is his rightful place as leader here. Well, I wouldn't be lying if I hadn't tried to float that boat in the past, of course. Uh, so you think you can control him more than uh, Osef? Mm. I have more leverage over Carmen, but Osef is more measured and controlled. That's true. Rajani spoke I mean, of, uh, let's just say, less than savory tactics in discrediting his opponent. Not something I'm necessarily uh, averse to, but... Right, right. Well... I'm not sure Rajani's the right choice, personally. He's a bit of a mess. Oh, that's why I wanted to come to you, tell right. you my thoughts, what I've heard around town, and, uh, well... You know, the Hal angle is interesting. I'm not sure why I would put my attach my cart to that horse over Osev. Is there, perhaps if we had some sort of leverage on him, <laughs> is there any... How shall we say pressure points you know of that we could squeeze? Yeah, he's a good kid. Uh, probably naive is, is most things. Uh, good nature, about, I think. But what about this sweet Caroline he's always singing about? Yes, I, I don't know actually too much about her. Uh, as I, I've, as you know, I only recently joined this group uh, after you sent me to Rain. Yeah, she, her, she, this is the moment where, like, you feel, like, her gaze, like, piercing you, right? Like, she's really, like, reading you. Like, you, this is her, like, putting aside, like, the games, and you can feel, like, her kind of really reading you in this situation. She, she says, you wouldn't be hiding anything from me, would you? Mera, you know me better than that. I've heard him mention her. Uh, he seems quite sweet on her. Uh, I don't think she is in Otari, though, so... Right. Well, find something I can use so I can have leverage over him, and we'll we'll talk about maybe backing him for mayor. <laughs> of 
course, uh, might have to uh, have him come up with the idea first, if you know what I mean. Well, that's one of the things we've taught you well, isn't it? <laughs> uh, now, uh, we have a few days before we go to uh, the mayor's... We have, well, not a few days, the rest of this day before we go to the mayor's party. Yeah. Well, it's, like, probably it's, like, think... it's like afternoon and the party's yeah. tomorrow, so you have like 24 six hours or so then we're yeah. most likely heading back to the lighthouse to continue our uh, explorations is there any jobs or anything else you'd have me do while i'm here you know i if never you're if you're interested in making some coin i might have some opportunities there's a you know trade caravan passing through you could help us we could you could help us help them pay the taxes if you know what i say i'm saying of course but you know me uh <laughs> Coin comes and goes. I'm not so much interested. This maybe trinkets or favors. Well, you already have my ear. I'm already in your debt for the rescue operation you did. If you're interested in doing some work for some more favors and put me in your debt, I'm sure something could be arranged. Uh, that sounds good to me. Uh, I think uh, we might either we're staying here or uh, the. The uh, rowdy rockfish, apparently, they're friendly there as well. But uh, you know where to find me, huh? Do you want, like, she, she she says, like, if you want a job, I'll give you one right now. Uh, if it's right now, then sure. Yeah. So, I mean, she gives you a she gives you a job. Like, basically, she's got the, this trade caravan that's coming through. She needs you to basically break in and, like, get a copy of their ledgers so she can see, like, who they're all paying. Okay. So if you're if you're interested in this as like your sort of earning income thing, you can give me a thievery check with like a DC fifteen. Let's uh, okay. say DC DC sixteen thievery. It's a fairly easy job. Okay, you say that, but you know how I roll. Oh yeah, if you roll low, there's a chance when you when you do crime for like earning income, uh -huh. there's a chance to get caught and arrested. Uh huh. All right, here we go. As my mother said, there's no such thing as luck. The wisest mother. Nice. Very nice. That's a critical success. See, you were so worried. <laughs> um, yeah, so with that role, you're able to easily uh, pull off the job that she hires you for. Case the It's like, it's this whole thing where you're spending the most of the time, like, pacing yeah. them, finding the best way to do it. It's not like an in and out thing, but yeah, you yeah. pull it off perfectly, and you're able to get her all the information out of the ledger that she needs. Basically willing to, uh, like you said, either... Pay, she can pay you in like information like or sorry like favors down the road if you want to hold on to like a sort of fate like a favor you can call in or she can presumably get you like a, some kind of like dose, dose of poison or something she has access to um probably the favor okay put that so on just, the ledger yeah. and uh so you're, I, i'll you're also uh keep a copy i'll make two copies of uh the ledger that she had me break in for and keep okay. one for myself. You keep one for yourself, but then just like on the download, you're not letting her know you have it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So and that's my downtime. Yeah. So the last person left. Um, I'm mainly uh, preoccupied by the uh, automatic response that came out of my mouth during that encounter with uh, Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. So um, I'll just uh, I'll go with Hal for a bit and then watch him busk. Uh -huh. for a bit and then uh once i see a group starting to form 
I'll just wave at him quietly and uh, make my way out to the Dawn Flower Library grounds. Sure. And then I'll have my own um, <laughs> Mulan, I'll make a man out of you montage and just start working out. Okay. And then um, when I'm like absolutely exhausted, I'll go inside the library to see if I can um, ask someone if they have a book on Phorasma. And then I'll just read up on her really quick. Hold on, hold on. We can't just brush that aside. We need the full song with the montage. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to find like a log maybe like from the lumber yard. And then uh-huh. I'll just <laughs> run around with the log. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My pendant's so, weighing um, heavy on my chest. So yeah, so let's have you do um, a recall knowledge check as you're reading about Phorasma, right? Um, it's going to be a religion-based recall knowledge, and you're going to get a... Because you're using the library and all the resources, you'll get, like, a plus two item bonus from the library. From the library. From the library. So, yeah, the item, because you're using the library, so it's plus two using that knowledge. That would be... Oh, 13. 13. So, probably... Uh, you know, the books are hard. It's it's hard to stay focused when you're so exhausted. Um, you get the the basics, like you know, Phrasma is like kind of the goddess of the afterlife that ferries souls from down the river sticks. Like like some of the stuff that you said earlier, like you see it in print, and you're not entirely sure necessarily where that came from. Yeah, I don't think you learn much it's not considered it's it's a failure but it's not a critical failure so you don't learn anything or learn false information you just just you learn the to basic. find out like stuff about her like i know the lady inside the mausoleum has been telling me about her and all that fun stuff mm-hmm. but um if there were anything else like in regards to yeah with the 13 i don't think you learn anything that you're yeah. hoping to learn no worries. Yeah. Okay. I will thank the librarians and yep. I don't know. Did we figure out where we're gonna meet? Mm, not really. I'm just gonna start looking for them. Just a little bit of bookkeeping and, and buying items from the shops, and I think Nulara was selling off the retribution axe and buying a striking rune. Correct? Yes, sir. Okay. And you're gonna have Carmen attach that to what weapon? Uh, the longsword. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to the longsword. Okay. I think it would probably be good too. I would like to get the wand of healing. I think it would help pretty much all of us. So. Didn't we have one? Yeah. I think you mean the staff. Yeah. Of yeah. Wand, or not? I mean staff. Sorry, I said wand. You're right. I have okay. the wand. No, it's the staff of healing. It's like 90 gold, which we can do. We build enough money up later. Yep. Just something in the future. I want to throw it out. Yeah, stats are kind of cool in Pathfinder. I had linked it in Shadow. I don't know who, if anyone read it, but like the staff has spells in the staff, and the staff itself has its own charges that grow as the wielder grows. So, at, if you have second level spell slots, you get two casting of heal through the staff for free every day with it. That doesn't burn your spell slot. It's pretty cool, and you can infuse yeah, it with more cool. of your own spell slots as well to recharge it. Oh, yeah, look at that. That axle by the wand or the staff. So, uh, so also as part of this downtime, um, Mukti, you were going to try to take this weapon rune, the plus one weapon rune, and attach it to your shortbow, right? If I have time, yep. Yeah, we have, you know, you have another day leading into the party, so I think it's reasonable for you to do that. So, all right. Um, go ahead and 
What is the item level of the rune? Does it say probably like level two or three? Is uh, it on the trade character? I took it off already. It's a plus one potency rune, weapon potency. Yeah. Does uh, it say what the item level? Let's see, edit. It's item level two, so that's not too bad. So, so DC by level. Level two, so the DC is going to be a DC 16 crafting check to transfer the rune. Okay. You're going to have Hal give you guidance. If Hal is around. <laughs> if we're back together as a group, then yes. We'll give him some guidance. I think it's reasonable. Good uh, luck, my friend Mukta. All right. Look at that. Awesome. Nice. 27th. That's a critical success. Easy. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Does anything happen on a critical success? Becomes a plus two short on. <laughs> Let's go. I think it just uses. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I think if, if it was costing any sort of. If it was costing you money, like if it wasn't coming off a runestone, mm-hmm. it would. You would have saved yourself some money. But, um, yeah. And yep. I am. No I am an expert in crafting, so that works out. Nulara, did you do that on your longsword? Actually, I'm gonna do it on the trident. <laughs> you are gonna do it on the trident. Yeah. Hey. The trident. Now, do you want him to transfer the plus one rune from your sword to your trident too? It'll cost a little bit of gold. Can I do Raj Jirjani? Mm-hmm. Maybe I can do. I am poor at the moment, but. Mm-hmm. After all this is done, I can definitely pay you back. This trident has served not only myself and the party, but this town in general, with the amount of things it's killed. Make a diplomacy check. I I know. Not what you want to hear. No. Thirteen. Oh, you don't have any kind of bonus at all? No. (laughs) So, so this is what he says. Like, he basically says like if you want like if you want me to transfer the plus one over he's gonna need something from you which is he's gonna need you to like at the party vocally support him for his bid for mayor and if you do that then he will not charge you for the rune transfer but if you do well then you're gonna have to if, if you refuse to help him on this then he's gonna expect to be paid for his work Wait, he's gonna transfer like a plus one rune, not the striking rune? I thought you wanted him to do both. Oh, no, 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 just the striking rune. Okay, so it's still less of a cost. <laughs> what he tells you is like his time is worth like five silver. So if you just are willing to vocally support him for mayor at the party to people and let them know that you support his bid, then he's willing to do that work for free. I will give him five silver. <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> So he's like, he's like, all you have to do is just tell people that you want me to be mayor, and we'll call it even. And you're like, here's the five silver, bud. And he's oh, like, Carmen, oh, if I cannot, you know, if I can't persuade you, how do you expect me to persuade everyone else in that party? <laughs> he just tells you to. He just like takes the silver, slams it into his cash register, and tells you to get out. <laughs> All right, pleasure doing business with you. <laughs> right, and so yeah, he's so you, you're gonna leave, see, leave the plus one on the longsword and then put the the striking rune on the trident, correct? No, I just got a striking rune. I never got a plus one. No, I thought your longsword already had a plus one. 
No, no, no. I still want to put the striking rune on the trident because I do okay. want to add like a damage die for the trident. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Just know it is possible to transfer the runes from one weapon to another. So if you want to migrate that plus one off the morning start or something else, you can with a bit of gold investment. Okay, God. All I'm saying is, you know that sword in the Dawn Library? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, getting, it's getting replaced by that trident by the end of this adventure. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the last shot. Just the trident on display. Absolutely. That would, be, that nice. would make King's Frog cool. proud. Yeah. Rest in peace. By the way, we had that like that teaser at I the know, end of one of the episodes. Yeah, he died. Did he you guys never went back to check on it. It's been like six episodes. Oh well, we were harboring <laughs> out like. It's okay. Mukta has sworn. <laughs> to find out who destroyed his tribe and get revenge for Bosco. <laughs> I know. We'll, we'll look for him. To... We'll look for him. <laughs> yeah. After I mean, everything, yeah. we're gonna find out. Yeah, we're gonna find out who killed all of his tribe and bring them to justice. And then everyone else is making eyes like, close. Uh, no, sorry. Yeah, Nular and Howler just looking at each other like, no, don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So yeah. So we, we do a quick crossfade to uh, the tailor, and um, we see like you know. The, the tailor shop now has like a, a, a name and it, it basically is called like Sinna's uh, Tailor and um, the door like opens and it like rings the bell like ding ding and uh, you see this the, the man like we, we only saw him from the neck down before why he was doing all of this and he talked in like Charlie Brown wah 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 before but now he has a personality and name and a voice thanks to our followers who won the contest shout hey. out to Nick who won that drawing so like, as you come in, right, he's like, oh, you've returned. Your thin dresses are ready. This is requested. Hey, try oh the gun. It's nearly time for tea. Yeah, one by one, like, he, he leads you guys into, like, the changing rooms and horns you. The exact outfit that you guys had requested, right? He 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 measured you guys. He's been working on it for, like, like three days now. And uh, you guys tipped him quite well. And he's, like, really excited to be working for you. I think we see like Hal comes out and like dressed. Do you remember what you requested, Hal? Like for your outfit? Uh, it was uh, I want to say gold with blue trim or blue with gold trim. That's what it was. Right. And so you come out and it, it's tailored pretty nice. They have to do some last minute adjustments now that it's on you to kind of do some last bits of sewing to make sure it fits you perfect. You all look at him and Hal looks like very like regal dressed like this, and he just like claps his hand. He's like absolutely stupendous. I and, uh, appreciate it. You made do good work. Thank you very much. Yes, your and work then, is quite pristine. I want to hear every detail. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Sorry. Everything. I'm very late. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Oh, God bless you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, and so uh, we, we get the shot of one by one as everyone comes out, and, like, the last person to come out is, like, New Lara. And what, do you remember what you were wearing, New Lara? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So it's, it's, it's just a coat that comes out with, like, shoulder pads for the shoulders. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, with gold trim, I would prefer to get it in the purple and then I'm going to have some high boots. Mm -hmm. So he gets you tailored up. He's got some last minute adjustments to make sure it fits your shoulder right. And then when it's all done, you kind of come out and like everyone like sees you like step out and dress in these like in this very nice, like sort of like purple cloak dress. And then he's like, you know, oh, dear, this cloak is as beautiful 
as you are. Oh, thank you very much. Um, where'd you get the uh, the materials for this one? I don't think I'm familiar with them. Uh, last last bit of uh, last bit of cloth that I got coming in from Absalom. Uh, where? Uh, Absalom. Oh, okay, that's awesome. Just just right up the road, the coast oh. a bit. Okay, I'm adjusting the leggings a little bit. They're a little mm-hmm. too tight. Yeah. And so yeah, so you guys are all dressed up, dressed to the nines. The uh, sun is going down. The, the party's getting started. And, and so what, what it seems like the entire town has shown up at the mayor's mansion. Candles and magical orbs of, di- of magical orbs of light are dancing across the courtyard where large tables have been set up just outside the Menhem's Manor, like like big actual mansion. The whole like open space of this fence has been transformed into this party space. Large areas dedicated to a dance floor are full of people and a cobbled together band of mostly locals try their best at putting on catchy tunes. And despite the fact that Hal's probably not impressed, uh, everyone seems to be having a good time. You guys are definitely the guests of honor. So as you guys arrive, they're sort of like the little trumpets go up and everyone's eyes turns and then they announce you all by name as you like step into the party, like one by one. I bend my head down. Oh, please don't do that. <laughs> um, and then uh, as you do like obviously the mayor is the first one to come over and greet you guys and uh, you know takes like he sees you Nular and he's like oh beautiful as ever and then like goes to like kiss your hand and then he like goes to like shake you know Hal's hand and close his hand and Mukta's hand one by one big enthusiastic shakes puts his arm around you turns to the crowd like making sure that he's like seen with you guys right like very mm-hmm. putting on a show and um, yeah, you guys are able to kind of like filter into the party. So there's like this quick montage of people dancing, good food, mostly seafood. Um, it seems to be the primary fare, but like out of the specialty, the local farmers guild has brought in like a whole roasted pig and they've actually roasted a full on pig, apple in the mouth and everything. And that's sort of the delicacy that everyone is like hoping to get just a bit of this pig you know there's a lot of people here so it doesn't not a lot of the pork to go around but everyone is really excited to try it because it's it's like kind of like a rarity around here mm-hmm. um and you know they save a, a decent chunk for you guys as guests of honor but there's shots of that there's shots of people dancing there's just like all night you guys are being pressed from crowd to crowd from you guys you guys get instantly split up right so they're like they isolate you they pull you oh you gotta meet this person they pull you over here they introduce you to some of the locals it's this exhausting montage of you guys just in over your heads. When whenever I see Nular get nervous or get like swept off with people, and she's like totally uncomfortable, I will I will excuse me, excuse me, and I'll take her hand. Time for a dance. Let's go. Oh my goodness! Thank yep. you so much, Hal. <clears throat> of course, you can dance though, right? I no worries. Follow me. I can't drop. Okay. <laughs> I adjust yeah, the scabbard on my waist. <laughs> I still nice. have my sword with me. You still have your sword on you, even in this nice clothing. Yeah, it works. Yeah. So we, we get a shot like you guys are doing. You guys, you whisk off to the dance floor and the camera pans across the room and we see basically um, the local halfling clerk of the Don Flair Library. Her name is Vandy Banderdash. She's eager to shake your hands and like uh, you see her like kind of 
um, chatting with a couple of locals and she turns and you see like Clovis like looking like way out of his element like looking around really nervous and she greets Clovis and she pulls you over towards his group she's like Clovis Clovis come here this here is Clovis and he's one of the heroes that is helping to save this town isn't that right and Clovis you feel the eyes of all these like strangers like turn onto you waiting for your response Sure, I uh, definitely trying. Um, and the, the two of them like exchange like looks a little bit, like that wasn't the, the the hopeful answer that they were waiting for. And like one of these women are like, "You don't think it's possible that this could happen again, do you? We've always been a quiet little town. It's such a shame to see the troubles of the world fall on our doorstep." Can I also come up as Clovis is having these conversations, put my arm around him, and say? Uh, I'm seeing you met our, our great friend, uh, the powerful one, Clovis. Uh, Clovis, tell them a little bit uh, more about yourself, please. Of course, he's a hero. Look at him. <laughs> you got your hype man in your corner, Clovis. I am a hero because of my group. We are a hero as one. <laughs> Always be philosopher. Very noble. Very noble is, <laughs> of course. Look at, I mean, look at the man. He is very noble. He's a. Uh, a little shy, uh, very humble in his opinion, but uh, he certainly saved us back at the lighthouse when all the ghouls and the ghosts came around. Isn't that right, Clovis? Uh, uh, yes, I did. I'll <laughs> pat him on the shoulder, they, they, smile, and walk away. Yeah, yeah, you do you do that, and like, the, the, you know, Hal goes over and lights up the room, and they all like smile and interact with Hal, and he knows just what to say, and then Hal leaves, and like all the like energy gets sucked back out of the conversation, and there's just this like awkward silence between these like pristine rich women and Clovis just like they like there's like a um, awkward silence and one of them just like sips their their goblet a little bit and then the camera pulls away from that and goes across to the other end so Hal has stepped away from Nulara temporarily so then the camera pans over and we actually see Nulara kind of um like being introduced by uh, Doriana Menhems which is the mayor's daughter you know, you guys met her. So, Nulara, she's like taking you around. She's like, oh, you got to meet these people over here. Um, and we catch them to? just. <laughs> yeah, do I have to? Uh, she tries to like pull you over. She's like, do you want to meet these people? Like, she, she, she pulls you over like you want to go. But if you say, do I have to? She'll stop if you really say that and not force you to. Um, how about we take a break a little bit? Uh, we've met a lot of people already, if that's okay. She nods. She's like, oh, sure, sure. And like, there's like kind of a waiter with like a drink a tray of drinks coming by and she pulls two off and offers one to you and then oh, finds like a little table to sit in and she offers to sit down do you and, guys uh, usually throw parties as big as this <laughs> she laughs and she says well not usually as big as this that takes special occasions i don't know how father does it it's this political stuff is so exhausting and she like is sipping her her goblet as uh, she chats really is yeah she's she, you see her sitting and she's like eyeing you and she's like What's it like out there anyways, in the lighthouse? I've always fantasized about following in my family's footsteps. Not the mayor thing, you know, but the adventurer thing. A lot of indecisiveness. Um, there's a lot of crumbs for us to follow, but nothing's solid enough for us to really push head on. I've been wondering the same thing, like, where do we go? What do we do? But so far, we've just been dealing with the things that have been thrown at us. And she, like, gestures at the kind of the party around. She says, well, as have I, different challenges, safer challenges. Uh, no, no one's stopping. Sometimes I feel like I don't get to make... Sure. Mm -hmm. I have expectations that Father places on me, you know. Uh -huh. But I do dream sometimes. 
like I'm experiencing somebody else's memories. I know, I know, it's just me yearning to be free of this place. But every time I wake back up in my bed, I just, I don't know. I know I shouldn't complain. No, Sometimes I think I, you should. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I think you should delve in deeper into that. I'm, I've been surrounded by a lot of magic lately. And if there's one thing that I've learned is that nothing happens like coincidentally. Everything has a reason. Mm. Your dreams, while now, could just be that. It could also mean more, especially considering your lineage. So I wouldn't close it off and just conclude that it's nothing. Ask questions. There's a crazy wizard that has a shop over here. He might help you. (laughs) Oh, Morley Bent? Yeah. Well, you know, I always thought about following in in great-great-grandmother's footsteps, becoming, you know, a cleric. I say do it. <laughs> I, I just, you know, sometimes it takes everything I have not to just go take Asafina's brooch out of storage and take it on another quest. Like, like it deserves it, you know? I don't know. Oh, it, I, I, I'm sorry, Nulara. My father is calling me. I, I have to get back to work. But, uh, oh, yeah. Thank you for this. Thank you for this chat. It was, it's nice to, to talk to someone who understands. Yeah. Um, and she's already like whisk away, like she's already like being pulled away by somebody for some rich, important person she has to meet. I downed the my drink and then yep. grab another one. Okay. And so uh, we cut away to the other side of the party and we settle on a clearly inebriated Carmen Rajani. He's talking loudly, not to anybody in particular, but wanting everyone to hear. A few people are sticking around enjoying the show, but many are walking away, shaking their head as they do so. Mukta is standing nearby as Carmen slaps his strong hand on Mukta's shoulder, squeezing just a bit too hard. It's about time for some change around here. Can you honestly, honestly say things are good here? And this rat and his friends are going to bring that change because we're working together, right? And he squeezes his fingers into your shoulder, Mukta. I uh, will kind of twist out of his grasp. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, this wine is pretty good. And I'm a, I'm a shoki, not a rat. And I'll walk away. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and, and as you're walking away, right, you can see like some of the people that are around him that are kind of watching. Uh, the few people that you were talking with right before this, and as you're walking away, you can't help but eye just a second time the expensive rings that they're all wearing. Um, they all make excuses to get away just like you. And as you're walking away, Carmen is like yelling at you and he's like, we still have a deal, right? You're still going to get up in front of everyone and announce you're backing me for mayor. And you, what do you do? You keep walking? Do you come back? I'll, uh, uh, Mr. Rajani, Mr. Rajani, I think you've had a few too many cups of this fine wine. Please, uh, why don't you calm down? And then I'll kind of put my hand on his shoulder now. Well, no, not on his shoulder, on his arm. Okay. And, uh, cause I'm a little shorter. And right. I'll, and I'll, and uh, he's got some muscles under there, like, well, he's yeah. a blacksmith after all. And I'll kind of lean in so he can hear, only he can hear me. And I said, uh-huh. uh, you don't want, uh, Inis Mera becoming upset that any unpleasantries tonight might cause, do you? Uh, he laughs like loudly at you, right? And you see him like a little off balance. And he like leans back into you so you can hear him too. And he says, 
But we're in the same brotherhood, you and I, remember? You know I have connections. I was going to say the same thing to you. <laughs> you don't want to cross me. But don't ruin the plan by making it public now. We want to keep our opponents uh, in the dark until it's the right moment to strike, do we not? Revealing our plan now would uh, spoil the surprise and the sure victory later. Yeah, but your friend, she came in and he's like putting his hand like in your chest. She came in and she said she'd rather pay five silver than publicly support me. <laughs> What's that about? Are you going to double cross me? Uh, we each know our talents. And, uh, well, don't you want Yosef to be overly confident in his uh, victory? And how sweet would it be? when you see it snatched away from him at the last moment. He like, he, he's like considering this and like, he's, you can tell he's having a hard time even following your words fully. And then he busts out really loudly in laughter. He's like, <laughs> I like you little, what'd you say? Chostoski, whatever. You're my friend. He can't remember what you said. He's yeah. So yeah. So that the, you've, you know, had this little moment with him at least <laughs> and then the camera from there drifts back across the party across the dance floor to Hal Armony who's found himself within a gaggle of important people surrounding him each from the important lumber families of Otari there's representatives from two of the important lumber families a middle-aged human man named Rab Shertel and a beautiful half-elf named Alamora Inkleholtz along with them is Clorte Hengis the large half-orc foreman of the giant's wheel that you guys met before or at least saw before and a stout halfling named Jala Highstepper a representative of the farmer's guild who brought the pig here for the the, the feast and she's from the farmer's guild that, that is from the outlying farms in the area they're all laughing as well as like spinning tales of their adventure and then uh, all we hear as it comes in is Clorte is like, oh, it sure sounds like some mighty trident she has there. You wouldn't believe it. It's going to replace that sword in the uh, library or museum or whatever it is. I was just going to say that. We should put it on display at the Otari Museum. And then there's, there's like a chorus of laughter from the group as you guys are all like laughing with each other. And then um, the, the elven woman like is the first to kind of stop laughing. And she like kind of leans in kind of serious with you. And she's like, so tell us how harmony. What caused all this chaos in the first place? And then Rab, the other uh, man, chimes in. He's like, yes, what awakened the lighthouse anyway? Should we be worried? And you can feel their like eyes like on you waiting for your answer. Uh, we don't know. We've only been there uh, a few times. We've seen some things. We helped uh, fend off the undeads that came from the cemetery. Um, but uh, if you want uh, more information and i'll take uh her hand we should have a dance uh, <laughs> uh she smiles and she's like oh and then she goes to like take your hand and and go into the dance floor with you and at that moment you're interrupted by a sweaty red-haired man morley bent the wizard stumbles into this conversation and like literally bludgeons his way into the middle of the crowd and he's like out of breath and he's like Hal Harmony, I've been looking for you. You must come with me now. It's important. And he's like taking like heavy breaths. And you look at your companions who are very perturbed at this intrusion and inappropriate rudeness that Morley Bent has brought. I will bend down at the waist, kiss the fine lady's hand, maybe another time. 
and I will round up my companions. Uh, we'll and... to... yeah, as you're walking, she's like, we'll have to schedule a dinner sometime soon and hear more of your stories. And then she tries to like go in for a hug as Morlebent is like trying to pull you away. I will definitely dodge her and uh-huh. turn with yep. Morley yep. and head out and look around the crowd yeah. and see if I can make contact with Nulara. And say, uh, yeah, so as you look, you Morley Bent in this time has already gathered all the other three. So you look and he's pulling you over and your other three companions are already there, like in a little group, like waiting for you as he pulls you over to them. And he pulls you guys to the edge of the party, slightly away from the crowd and away from the music. Um, so you guys have a little bit of easier conversating. And he says, sorry, sorry, I, I know I'm not great at parties. But I learned something I thought you needed to know. And he's still like breathing a little heavily. The, uh, the lighthouse. You know, that, that light beam you saw in the graveyard, Nulara? Mm-hmm. I've been going over that moment again and again. And as he speaks, your eyes kind of drift away from him and look north. And from this, like, high cliff here, you can see the pale blue glow, like, off in the lighthouse, just a bit in the fog. If you look really close and you know it's there, you see that, that ominous lighthouse glow in the distance. And he's like, so... There's, there's this distinct shift in the magical energies and a faint popping sound that is, that is unmistakably conjuration magic. I, I told you this, I know, I know. But that creature, the Scalithrax, it, it must have lived somewhere beneath the lighthouse. That thing was teleported here, no doubt. I, I, I'd imagine some sort of holding chamber that can focus the magic and send things over great distances. And he's like going over this and like really fast and excitedly explaining it to you guys. Hmm... I look towards Nulara and I say, I mean, maybe Morley was right. We need to remove the lenses from the lighthouse top. I mean, if it cannot focus the light, it cannot teleport the uh, creatures like the spider person, the spider no, yeah. But- and no, he that's speaks true. Yeah, but, but that's just it. That's just it. That's not all. The, the summoning and the light going out at the same time, that's no coincidence. There, there, there was a surge in the energy. I, I saw it. I felt it. And then it burns out. Like, uh, you know, you take an oil-soaked rag. It goes up in flame. It burns out too fast. It takes time to re-soak that rag. Or in this case, to recharge its energies. Oh, how long do you think we have left? Well, there, there's there's no doubt it's recharging. Uh, I, I went out I went out to look. I, I know you said I, I shouldn't. I, I just looked from the outside. Uh, you could have died. By my, 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 my calculations, I mean, we have a month or so, maybe less. Oh. And and then it'll be able to, to summon again. And and who knows what else this time. I look at the rest of the party. So the lenses? So you're telling me that it takes a month for this thing to recharge. But we had to leave the party now. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. I was freaking out inside of there, Morley. Right. Yeah, he's like, yeah, sorry. I, you know, I'm not the best at these social situations. I just, I was really excited to tell you. You scared us, though. I thought something else was going to happen. Oh. Should I have waited for morning? I don't know. I don't know protocol on these things. Sorry. No, 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 no. It's okay. Um, and right at this moment, you're interrupted because there's a loud gong noise, like boom, that like echoes over the whole party. Um, and like everyone goes like quiet. And you guys kind of turn over and look and you see um, on top of the stage where the band is usually playing, you can see Osef is standing up there and he's beginning to like address the crowd. He's dressed regally. He's got it hanging at his side at this point. 
unmistakably, he has the cooperative blade off display hanging on his side for all to see. What? What a bitch. <laughs> and you can hear him talking as you guys push in here what he's saying and he's like and I'm like my citizens I know we have been through a lot this week many of you have been in fear worrying for your families since the attack but I am here to assure you you are safe our town is safe the attack that happened it was a one-off event. My closest advisors have assured me it cannot happen again. But I know, I know, with that lighthouse standing as a threat, it doesn't matter what I say. You will not feel safe. And that's why I am proud to announce here and now, our friends, the heroes of Otari, have agreed to take on the quest to make sure the lighthouse will never bother us again. And as you look at each other, like, you know, who who is the heroes of Atari? It's like all eyes kind of turn towards you guys. There's a round of applause from the crowd. The entire party starts cheering loudly and everyone in the party's eyes turn. And you can feel the hundreds of eyes here all cheering and clapping and, and focused on you guys. I push and, house um, forward. Yeah, like uh, I, I the, the mayor unsheaths the cooperative. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor like unsheaths the blade and has it like pointing up in the air towards you guys. And let's hear it for the new news guard, Nulara, Mukta, Clovis, and of course your favorite, Hell Harmony. And Woo! then everyone in the crowd is like clapping and cheering, and you hear people yelling speech speech as Doriana is like kind of coming over to you guys sheepishly and like saying come on and trying to pull you guys as a group towards the stage and as you move through the, the band begins playing celebration music it's like for he's a jolly good fellow starts playing um what were you gonna say how i will uh, i was gonna say i will willingly go with the young lady of course okay and uh so how goes what about the rest of you guys when i roll for like a panic attack check <laughs> make a willpower save Oh, but you can't be... Aren't you, like, immune to fear now? Not in this situation. Yeah, but not my anxiety. You might not be immune yet, I bet. I think that might come later. I don't remember. No, I just get to, like, uh, reduce it, like, a level. Got it. You can make the will power save roll if you want, but, like, as you guys decide what you're doing, like, who who goes up and who goes down, like, you're pushing the crowd and everyone's, like, trying to, like, put their hand on you and shake your hand and congratulate you. Everyone in the crowd looks happy as you guys make your way to the stage, except for there's one angry voice or one angry face, like, in the crowd, and it's none other than Carmen Rajani. And as you walk by Hal, he, like, spits down at your feet and he just yells at you, like, we had a deal, remember? As you're whisked past him up on stage. So, so Nulara with a 15, does that mean you go? Yeah, but before that, ah, no, never mind. Okay, yeah. So, like, Hal gets up on stage, right, and everyone's cheering, and the mayor comes over, and he uh, shakes your hand, Hal, and he leans in to whisper into your ear, and he says, I apologize for the theatrics, but morale is important. I'm sure you understand. And he smiles big and puts his arm around you and turns to face the crowd with a big smile, waving at everyone as he does so. You shouldn't. And as uh, he's looking to, you, oh, you shouldn't worry about the theatrics. I have this well under control, and I kind of push him away. And I want to play a ode to the Rose Guards, like whatever the hymn is or has been built uh-huh. over time to the to the group. Okay. 
so the the crowd goes silent right as you get your instrument out do you want the band to back you up or is this all on you no band okay the band you do like give the band a look and they know to back down okay uh so you get up on stage and it's very quiet except for the the jeering and the the hollering from carmen rajani who's taunting you uh do you want to give uh, a performance check here yes and what are you you're playing the song but what's what's the goal here what are you attempting to accomplish uh, I want to divert the attention of the people away from what everybody is saying and get them enthralled in the the uh, the performance. Um, uh-huh. And if we do well, then I'll have the band join in and we whisk away into the evening. Okay. So I think in this moment, the DC can't be that high. So let's just set the DC at 15. And I'm, you gotta you gotta burn that. Gotta burn that hero point. Yeah, hero point. <laughs> hero point. Hero point. Boom. Much better. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like the crowd becomes putty in your hands, and you're able to mold them. And the band joins in, and it's this triumphant thing. And this ode to the Rose Guard goes up, and there's like you know, there there's verses about like the original Rose Guard and. I think the crowd starts singing, but they start replacing your names over the original Rose Guard in the, in the verses. It doesn't make sense in the context of the song, but they're all like feeling it, so they're doing it anyways. And I'll, and, uh, uh, and yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll bring like the important people that I've met throughout the evening up on stage to start singing it with us. See, everybody's singing it. And then once there's enough people up there where we can sneak away, I'll sneak off the stage and grab Mukta, Clovis, and Nulara, and we'll just yeah. bounce. So wh- while that's happening, like right, right, while like you're doing the song and stuff, and the mayor is like doing it, the mayor kind of comes over to like you know New Lara and then the rest of them. You guys are standing there just off stage watching, and as he watches this go down, he's like, "Quite the showman, isn't he?" And then he turns and he got the serious look in his face. He's like, "Let's talk specifics. Fifty gold payment each. Just make sure that lighthouse never attacks us again. I have an election to win." Could I have been doing one thing? Yeah. What do you want to do? Just kind of going through the crowd, trying not to be noticed, but like whispering, like, "Now that's a hero. That's a man oh, that yeah, yeah, had yeah. confidence." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying that's to like yes, make it. Yeah. for mayor. Nice. Uh-huh. I love it. Make a. I mean, I'm just whispering it, like not really, like you know, just like. <laughs> I'm not trying to like. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Persuade them. I'm just trying to like whisper it into the crowd, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're just like placing that sort Planet of thing. The you know, honestly, I think that one of the downtown activities you can do is like so secrets or so like rumors and stuff or something like to turn that. So yeah, so that that's awesome. Whisper campaign. Yeah, it's trying to whisper campaign. So uh, yeah, so you you get everyone together. How after everyone's full swing, you you whisk them away. Is that what you said you wanted to do? Yeah. Before. Okay, and so that's the last shot we get. You guys like rushing away from like the party. It's in full swing. The camera pulls up off the cliffs, and it drifts north, closer and closer to the lighthouse. And we can see as we get close to the lighthouse, just a glowing blue pulse, growing brighter and brighter. And as the camera goes right into that bright white light, it hurts our eyes. And for the briefest moment before we cut to black, there's a deep, unsettling scream of pain and horror. 